Everyone faces questions and decisions that require insight and answers as we move forward personally, professionally, and corporately in all areas of this thing we call life in America today. Hello, this is Joe Schofield, and I invite you to tune in every Monday evening from 6 to 7 p.m. as we talk together and hear from key leaders of all ages and backgrounds about your questions. Interesting, informative, intuitive, but always encouraging. Tune us in on BBS Radio Network. Join Pastor Joe and co-hosts Ron Greer, Dr. Paul Hall, Stephanie Thayer and Dr. Craig Thayer in Raising Expectations. Hey, good evening, friends, and welcome to this week's edition of Raising Expectations. It's your show that we prayerfully hope will lift up your encouragement level, draw you closer to Christ, which allows that to happen, and uh, discover more about who you are, who he is, and what he would have for you to do. It's a difficult world that we live in today, but we serve a risen Savior. He's in that world, and he's got the strength and the power to use each one of us in that world for his glory and for the peace and fulfillment of everybody who needs it so badly. So, Raising Expectations, your show, your team. I'm Pastor Joe Schofield. It's always a pleasure to be with you, and it's really a pleasure every week to introduce to you our co-host team of wonderful people that across the United States of America. And we're going to start in Southern California. I'm coming to you from Northern California in the capital near Sacramento. And uh, in Southern California near, near Santa Barbara in Lompoc, California is Dr. Paul Hall. Uh, you know Dr. Paul. Yeah. He is a retired pastor. He is a theologian, a teacher. He uh, he theologues every week. People say, what does that mean? You probably know by now. He takes the things in this world, runs them through the word of God, and gives us a theologue insight into what that means in our lives. We all love <laughs> Pastor Paul. He's been my friend over 50 years. We run around Mount Sinai together. <laughs> anyway, way back there. But in any event, also, if we move across the nation all the way to the East Coast, I'm going to stop in Texas on the way, Central California. We'll shake you up. You don't know what to expect on Raising Expectations. But in McKinney, Texas, we have Pastor Ron Greer, who is one of our favorite pastors in the world. Ron uh, is a great guy. That's right. And also, he gets a halo now, and then it's awesome. But in any event, he, he has run for Congress. He, is, he has been a, a Marine, a pastor. He's done just about everything, and he's with... Uh, Right now, a great men's discipleship group, Man in the Mirror, out of Florida. And uh, he just came back from a, a, a seminar or something he was with this week, reaching a large group of people here near West Coast in uh, Arizona. So, Ron, is a blessing. You're going to enjoy getting to know Ron each week. Great insight, great man of God, great brother we love very much. And also, if we keep going from Texas, Central America, over to the East Coast, to the great state of Georgia, not far from the great state of South Carolina, not far from the bend in the... Chattanooga River, is it? <laughs> We're Ben from Tennessee. We have uh, Dr. Craig and Stephanie Thayer. You, you know, you've grown to love them in the time that you've been with us. Many of you have shared with us. You've shared with me about all of these people. They're the best. That's why I'm sharing them with you. Uh, Steph is the founder, director, and CEO at Quenching Well. She's a registered health, education, and wellness coach. And she loves the Lord. Therefore, she has the real key that teaches you what to eat, how to eat it, how to get in shape, and use your body, which is the temple of God, in a way that can honor and glorify Him. Except at Christmas, because we get fudged in. It's coming. 
And in any event, we have Dr. Dr. Tank there, who is also a a surgeon and also a specialist in nutrition. And the two of them teaming up, helping people across the board, spiritually, physically. They're just a wonderful couple for Christ. They're a a blessing in my life, all of us, each and every week. And uh, Mm -hmm. They are with us today in another very special way. They introduced us to two of their friends, Dr. Marianne Sintron, and uh, they'll be back with us. With great things that are happening in their life uh, in, in the field of helping people as in dyslexic situations. And now I'm just going to pitch this ball over, guys. What do you say? We're going to send it out to you, Steph and Tank, and share with us our special guests tonight. I had the pleasure of talking to him this weekend, and this man loves the Lord, and uh, we love him already and his wife, so... Stephanie, introduce your friends, and we'll give them the welcome. Sure. Okay, so I will I will introduce, so I'll tell the story first. So, you know, we have five kids, and That's two are still good. at home, and um, there are the ones that are at home are teenage boys, and they know, they see all the business things we do, and most of the time, they don't comment on stuff. Um, they'll ask questions here or there, but we sent them to a church youth camp this summer with friends, you know, they have, they do an online school. So they have friends all over the country and one of their best friends happens to live in the Carolinas. So um, they've been doing a virtual Bible study. They go to this camp together. And uh, as soon as they got in the car, my 16 year old who I tried to get to come over here, he's pretty shy um, said, mom, I had someone that was a counselor that I think you should have on your radio show. And I went, what? Cause he's never told me that. And he's met a lot of really incredible people. He's, he's had a nice life and exposure to some significant people. And I said, why do you think he said, you know, he's just really open mom. And he's had a lot of hard experiences, but I think he's really relatable. And I want you to talk to him. I said, okay. So I called up Michael. I, I I've never met Michael. I called him because my 16 year old thought he had such a profound impact. And so I just want to say, you may be volunteering in a sports capacity, you know, whatever, the check-in line at the high school, some BBS, you think nobody heard what you said. Those kids are listening. What you mm-hmm. say matters. And you may not get the feedback. He just happened to get it. So with that, I want to introduce you to Michael. And I have never met his lovely wife, Pam, but she is with us too. So we're so excited to hear um, about you. So welcome. Welcome to the program. Hey, Thank, you. Thank you. I don't really know what to say um, <laughs> other than I'm, I'm humbled. I, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I have such a beautiful wife Amen. who supports me. And, and a lot of things that you heard me at the youth camp or you heard me speak, it has a lot to do with her inspiring me and encouraging me. And then I have a beautiful daughter, which you all just met named Vanita. And my wife's name is Pam. You're hearing me call her Mella. Um, cause that's what I call her name is Pamela, but I call her Mella. So I'm, I'm, I'm just grateful to be a part of, of, of this group, man. This is outstanding. I'm blown away right now. We're blessed that you're here. Why don't you tell us a little bit of your story? I was enthused and just blessed hearing it. Share a little bit about testimony and then we can all interact with you. That's great, Mike. And, and, and Pamela too. Pam, if she has something you want to share both of you. I'll keep it. I'll keep it short because I can talk. As as all ministers, ministers, we love to talk. Oh, um, it's, a, it's a myth. Yeah. Yeah, right. So before I talk, God, thank you for allowing me to be a part of this great group of people, Lord. Let my words be your words, Father God, God, and 
not enticing words of men, but words, Father God, to speak your truth that you put in me. And some of the things that I went through, Father God, to come draw closer to you. I just thank you and praise you for this opportunity. And I praise you that, Father God, no word of God is void of power. And it's going to reach its destination. Even if it reaches one person on this podcast or broadcast, Lord, I'm grateful for that. But I'm grateful more so, Father God, that you're going to use me, Father, to further glorify you with my life as I serve you until my expected end. And I thank you, Father, and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So me, um, I think some of you all know, um, I grew up in the streets of Detroit. Well, I grew up in Detroit. Um, My circumstance and my environment isn't, it's different, but it's pretty much the same story as all of us. We we go through these struggles. We have, um, life just comes against us. For me, it was hanging or being in an environment of drug dealers, being an environment of people steal cars, people that rob stores, people that sell drugs and so forth. And what happens is the environment takes you over and you don't have confidence in Christ. Cause number one, I knew who God was. I, I grew up as a Catholic going to Catholic school, but I was surrounded by so many things that just, it was hard. Mm-hmm. I was in Catholic school. I remember the first time I was at, um, I got a gun pulled on me. A guy asked me, did I want to be slammed or did I want to be shot? I don't even know this guy. You know, and um, I'm at Catholic school, at a Catholic school right on their property. And it's kind of the environment I was in. I was surrounded by this constantly. What happens is you you almost want to quit and you let the enemy just take you over and you get dark. And then you say, you know what? The only way I'm going to survive in this environment is to become like the environment. And I'm talking to the unbeliever. I'm talking about people that don't know God like myself. Um and I was, um, I went through some abuses and so forth at home, which I didn't share with you guys. I don't want to dig too deep in that because I love my father and we're close friends today. Um, but I've been, I went through a lot. I've been in situations where I've been robbed, had guns pulled at me at point blank. I don't know how many countless numbers of times. And what happened is I got fed up. I got fed up. I went dark. I started drinking. I started um, smoking weed. I never sold drugs. I hung around a lot of people that did. I hung around a lot of people that were not good people. And I became not a good person. I became not a good person. Um, sometimes I, I, I could almost smell the grass when I was homeless, laying on it or sleeping in the car or having nowhere to go. And then I got to a point where I started doing okay and I started hanging around the wrong people and going into clubs and everybody knew who I was. And it's like, you know, a movie. But the difference between real life in the movie is that people are predators. Most of the people you hang around will kill you or want to kill you or want to take what you have or want to take your position or do something to you so they can, you know, escalate or, or I mean, position themselves higher than you. <clears throat> so I was in this environment daily and it was hard. Um, and what happened was one day, uh, 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 I don't know if she was older. I can barely remember her face. And she came to me and she said, you get serious with God and God will get serious with you. To make a long story short, I was thinking like, whatever. And I'm going to be honest with everyone that's listening. I was like, whatever, chick. I ain't thinking about what you're talking about. I could care less what you're talking about. And she's like, um, no, you get serious. She said it again. You get serious with God and God will get serious with you. And I think it was like the third time that she said it, that all of a sudden, I don't know. It was like the word of God was in her and it just tore me apart inside. And it stuck with me all day long. And I was fighting against listening to her 
I was fighting against submitting to God's word. And I went home and I just told God, I got on my knees and I said, I'm done. I'm done serving the devil. I'm done serving Satan. Um, I'm not going to go into detail what I've done or who I was around because some of those people um, are in a good place today. And I don't need, and some people that may be listening may be able to identify who I am talking about. But um, I gave myself to Christ. I said, God, I'm with you. I'm rolling with you. Doesn't matter how this goes, whether I die or don't die, but I'm rolling with you. So today, you are the death of me. And what I mean by that is I have totally left my life behind and I allowed his life to be eternal in me. And I'm not going back to what I went to. Now, in this process, it was not easy because the people I hung around, I like an idiot, I kept hanging around them. <laughs> And I was put in situations where I was almost killed a few times because I hung around them. And I remember one of the worst times is God was speaking to me and he said, Michael, I'm glad you accepted me. I'm so happy that you're a part of me and, and you know, you're joining air with Christ. And I love that you're studying your word, but you know, where you're at right now, I didn't call you to be. So in this position, in this circumstance, um, you're on your own. And I said, huh? And I swear to you guys, I was with this drug dealer all the way to 6 a.m. And I was so scared about dying because I wasn't where he called me to be. <laughs> so then I decided to separate from all my friends. Or they weren't friends. They were people that really <laughs> didn't care about me. And then, like I was telling um, Pastor, um, one friend kept calling me. And someone broke in my house. I was living in the worst place you could think of in Detroit. Rats, roaches, and my my table in my living room was the sunroof of a van and um man slept at night with uh these heat these, those heated blankets that they used to sell they don't work <laughs> i had no heat i would put those on and i'd be sweating cold and can't wait to get up in the morning and run to get in the hot tub and then get in the hot tub and run out the hot tub and get in my get and run five or six miles to work catch a bus and run another i don't know how many miles to get to work every day my job, um, they, they promoted me. They said, Michael, you're here every morning. You're here so early. You work so hard. I wasn't there early because I was working hard. I was there early because I actually spent the night in the store and they didn't know it and washed up inside of the bathroom and I was ready to go to work. <laughs> and they, um, you know, it was a blessing, obviously, but um, it positioned me to, to get, become a manager. But in that, where I was staying at, which was in Highland Park, Michigan, it got a little worse. You know, someone broke in, stole what I didn't have, stole the pennies out of my jar, stole my underwear. I couldn't believe it, stole everything I had. And then um, some people I was down with, um, one of them being my brother, came over and they knew who did it. And they wanted to do something to the people that did it. And they didn't get this, but they get it now because they're saved. I said, I can't take any of this stuff with me. And they said, what do you mean you can't take it with me? I said, none of this stuff matters. Because when I check out of here, God doesn't want to use that. God wants to use me. Amen. So you guys, if you would leave and leave the people alone, I know you know who did it. Um, as they were leaving, they were actually cussing and screaming at the people, letting them know that don't mess with my brother <laughs> again as they went out the door. Um, so then I moved to another place. And this drug dealer, every time, so when they broke in my house, the drug dealer calls me on the phone and he says, Michael, I understand the broken house. I just need you to ride with somebody and I'll pay you. You ain't got to do nothing but just ride with. And I told him, I said, man, again, I can't take with me. He said, so you're really serious about this G thing, Mike? 
this G mm-hmm. thing is real with you? I said, yeah, man, I'm, I'm rolling with God, man. I meant it. And I stayed with God. My first car was an escort pony. I drove down eight miles with one mirror, no radio. And I cried like a baby because I was driving around in expensive vehicles before with rims, tires, looking like I was a big shot. And I was nothing because mm. God didn't care about none of that stuff. All he wanted was me. So I moved on to another place. The jail drug dealer calls me again. He says, Mike, yeah, um, I hear you're doing pretty good. I see you got a new car. So you must be getting them on. He meant rolling, right. on drugs, selling. I was selling. I was working a job. I finally got me a nicer car. I was living in a nicer place. He said, um, and finally I got enough courage. I told him, I said, don't call me no more, man. I don't know how you get my number. This is before cell phones. We had beepers back then and all that stuff. So everywhere I moved, this guy had my number. And I know I didn't give it to him. And I know my brother and family wouldn't give it to him. My brother was out there too. They're all crazy. All my friends and family were dark. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> <laughs> excuse, excuse the pun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there you go. Yeah, we're there with Doc. <laughs> yeah, I get you. I get you. Weird man, we're going to talk after this call. But, um, <laughs> but anyway, so he calls me and he says, he says, no, man, he said, um, I want to go to church with you. And I said, so I said, so you want to go to church so you can tease Christians? What are you going there for? I said, I get there about an hour beforehand. So when I gave myself to the Lord, like I told you, my hand and knees, I meant it. I was in the church probably all every day, all day. I had so many blessings and miracles happen. Now I'm not, I don't have time to share and I'm not going to unless you guys open the door for that. But at the end of the day, he shows up at the church. He goes to the church. It was Word of Faith International Christian Center. He's now deacon at his church. My brother is now saved. All my, the majority mm-hmm. of the people I grew up with are ministers. And are doing very well. Like the word says, don't quote me on the scripture. He'll take one and put 1,000 flight and they'll take, you know, put another 10,000. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this broadcast is a living witness of that. The mm-hmm. bottom line, when I think of all these things is the most powerful thing we can do in life, in my opinion, outside of love, is to forgive. Amen. That was probably one of the hardest things for me to do because mm-hmm. I was dark and I was an angry person. And if someone did something to me, I definitely went after you. And I wasn't with a gun. I went after you with my fists or with my temper. Um, I've, I've learned to love. And then learning to love, I've learned to submit to God's will. Amen. And if I had to speak to anyone's heart out there, understand what your purpose and your will is. Because if you don't have a purpose, there's really no reason for you to be around. Mm-hmm. God has put a purpose in everyone since you were conceived in the womb. And you need to understand what that is. You need to get before him. And you need to get away from those people that are around you that make you feel like you're insignificant, that make you feel like you have to reach to something, whether it's drugs or whether it's to um, alcohol or whether it's anger or whether it's just being an evil person. Because you know what? You don't feel love mm-hmm. and because you don't feel love and you don't feel the peace of God upon you. You, you gravitate to something else. And I'm telling you, you got to start forgiving people. You got to let that stuff go so that God can move in your life. And that's what I did. I let go of the streets. I let go of friends, family members. And as amazing as I let go of everybody, everyone started gravitating to me because they were seeing, they were watching me at a distance to see if I was going to change in each circumstance that I went through and return back to the old me. And let me tell you guys, there were many times when I wanted to. And one time in particular, I was going to do harm to somebody. And the Holy Spirit would not let me talk. 
Amen. And I was choking myself as I tried to talk because I wanted to say to this guy, I was coming over there now. And he said to me, so you're going to come over here? And I was like, because mm-hmm, I couldn't talk. And <laughs> the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And it's amazing how God speaks to you in a quiet voice when you shut up enough so he can listen to him. Amen. But Amen. He said, Michael, you are the next only way I'm going to allow you to speak is it's going to have to be my word and it's going to have to be in love. And it's going to have to be real. And I swear to you, I was choking, falling to the ground because I couldn't speak. And when I finally said, the first thing I said to him is, and I hated saying it, and I still didn't like saying it, maybe this day too much, but I, I said, because he did some really something really evil. And I said, I love you. And he's like, huh? <laughs> I said, I love you, man. I, I love you. And um. I feel sorry for you because I don't know what's got you in a place where you did what you did, but um, I forgive you. And in that point, God freed me. Hmm. So that's kind of my story. I went through the streets to try to get too detailed because there's so much more to it. But God has brought me to a place right now where I'm humbled. I'm in the presence of some mighty men and women of God who's going to sharpen me even further than what I am right now. And I give him all glory and praise for it. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 So, Michael, how old were you when God spoke to you and pulled you away from your friends? Oh, man, you would ask that. Um, <laughs> um, let me think. Probably between 16 when he first spoke to me. My dad gave me a Bible, and I tried to hide the Bible, and it was crazy. I don't know what was going on with this bible every time i came back from doing all this bad stuff i did the bible was sitting on the desk and i tried to hide this bible and me and my friend that i was rolling with we would always see the bible and say man we really need to stop what we're doing going to church and i was like yeah whatever here the bible again my dad gave me the bible because i was born again and when i got saved and i'll tell you this real quick is it okay pastor sure jump <laughs> So I'm at Word of Faith International Christian Center. I just did the most horrific stuff over the weekend. And my dad makes me go to church. So I go to church. Hated going to church. Couldn't stand it. Because he made me first wake up and listen to Reverend Price, who's awesome. And he's going, he's transitioned to the Lord. I don't know if you're familiar with him. I'm out of California. Um, and he made me listen to um, Pastor Keith Butler of Word of Faith International um, Christian Christian Center in Michigan. And I hated it. And um, he made me go to church and I'm sitting there like anyone else that don't like being where they going, where your father takes you. I'm sitting there like this the whole time. I mean, I can't wait to get out of here to do whatever, you know, I do. And the pastor said, there's a man out there who did a lot of bad stuff. And I'm thinking, okay, who cares? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then he began to get very specific. And I was like, Okay, so he just threw something out there to try to catch somebody. He said, you did this. You hung around these drug dealers. You stole a car. You did blah, blah, whatever. Whatever he said. I didn't steal a car. Someone else did. Um, but he was just naming stuff. And I said, okay, he ain't talking about me. It's no way he's talking about me. And then he goes on to even get more detail. And then he holds the church up from closing the service 20 minutes waiting for this guy. <laughs> and I'm sitting up here doing like this the whole time. I'm like, and then I swear. So the first time when I told you about me getting on my knees, 
that was later because that was really me doing it. This time it was in a church setting with my father. And I wasn't totally there when I did this, but he talked so much stuff about me. And it was so detailed that I started crying for the first time. And I wouldn't cry for nobody. I was hard. <laughs> and um, he said, we ain't going to leave the service till you come down, young man. He said, you don't want to come down. He said, I got some more stuff to tell you you did. And I said, oh, my God, this guy's telling all my business. <laughs> and now I'm really ashamed to come down because now when I come down, everybody's going to know about how bad of a person I am. So I shortened him up because I didn't want him to keep going. So I finally stood up. And when I stood up, the whole church was clapping, which that really broke my spirit. It really broke me. So I go down. Um, the pastor comes to me, says, thank you, young man. You know, I'm singled out, didn't like none of that. Um, and um, I gave myself to Christ. But that was really because the pressure of me coming to the Lord. It was really when the young the, um, lady told me, Michael, when you get serious with God, he'll get serious with you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. And that's when I went and did it on my own. And that's when it became real to me because they did call me after I got saved the word of faith. And I, I quite honestly, I hung the phone up on them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm you know sort of fascinated because uh he he's t- mentioned a few places that uh <clears throat> we we familiar to some of us. <laughs> right, right. Uh my uh so in the sixties and seventies, uh I had well fifty six and seventy, a lot of my relatives lived in Detroit, Flint, uh Pontiac. Oh man area. So a lot of our uh, young childhood was hanging out over in the neighborhood. <laughs> uh, oh, Flint, Flint's bad. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was with I was with a lot of gangs in Flint. Uh, bad, bad the, people. And this was believe it or not the uh, pre-gang era. Uh, we actually, I mean, Southfield was this booming place. Everybody had nice cars and nice houses. We we could actually play outside the dark and run in the alleys and play hide and go seek. Sleep on the front porch at my cousin's house. Uh, it was amazing. And uh, South, yeah, Southfield's not, still good. Southfield's good. Right. <laughs> Actually, good. Southfield, Southfield's very safe. Let me ask you, this, Ron. You yeah. you grew up in Michigan? No, no. I I grew up in uh, mostly in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Okay. I my relatives lived. We uh, we would drive over from Milwaukee to Detroit uh, on the, on a Thursday night or a, or a Friday morning, uh, or either sometime Friday Friday afternoon. My dad get off work, drive over Friday, and come back on Sunday night. Yeah, Southfield's good. Southfield's still good. I, I, I look. I was in the street. We we didn't want to go across eight mile to Southfield eight, because eight. you probably gonna get caught and go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> a nine mile road and areas over the over the other area right. where yeah, we hung out in at the time. Right. That's the, that was the area that you wanted to go into. All the good people lived, whatever to do. Correct. That and also, exactly I worked. Correct. And I worked for a network for life. Uh, Joe Williams over at uh, uh, Ministry called Network for Life. I'm not sure if they're okay. still. Uh, so came back and it was in 1998. So I worked for Network for Life for two years. Uh, so spent a number, number, a lot of time in Detroit, uh, doing that time. And there's a few people there still, I know, but <laughs> we've lost touch. Uh, a couple of pastors. Anyway, so I, I, uh, our story, uh, similar, except mine was a lot of hatred and anger and 
ended up going to prison though. I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't as smart as you were. I didn't stop when God spoke. I just <laughs> kept going. No, I man, I just didn't get caught. Right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know if I'm smarter than you. You were smarter. <laughs> what did you go to prison for if it's not too personal going on? on, on. Oh, that's not, everybody knows it. It's, I was, I uh, tried to kill a white man because he touched me. I, I, I hated white people. So oh, really? <laughs> I was a young black radical in, in the sixties and, you know, I didn't, didn't like white people. Uh, well, swines, we call them at the time. And one touched me. And so he had to die. Well, at least I, I, I tried. I, I was, I've never been racist. I was an equal yeah. opportunity. Um, <laughs> See, I tell you, you were smarter than I, you were smarter than I was. See, I told you. Oh man. My, um, some of my people, the guy, one guy I told you about, he did prison. Um, yeah. my other brother, he, um, Got caught in one of the biggest drug busts ever in Michigan, but he didn't go down. Wow. Go down. Wow. Wow. Well, they said it was one of the biggest ones. I, you know, they lie, man. The news makes things yeah. way bigger. Right. Than makes things up. Right. So, but, so here's oh. my question. Question to you. So you you came in touch with uh, Stephanie and Craig's son. So mm-hmm. what are you what were you doing and what has God led you that would that would cause that relationship? All right. So I gotta say, right. And when I got saved, just like when I was in the street, I took serving the devil really serious. And I was yeah. angry like you were, yeah. very angry. I was, And I'm not saying I'm all that, but I wasn't to be messed with. Yeah. Truthfully, yeah. I'm right. being real. I was right. not to be messed with. Um, <laughs> and it wasn't about guns with me. It was about doing that. So right. I prayed to the Lord that at age 50, I would be able to retire, which I am retired now. Uh, okay. This is how awesome God is. And it's not about possession. It's not what I have, but. The word says, um, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and these things will be added to you. Some things he asks right. you is what you desire, too, in your heart, because he knows right. he loves you. Right. He knows so long as you're doing his work, he's going to take care of you. So I was serving like a nut. Um, retired at age 50. Like I like I, I told God, it's funny that I told God, I said, God, if not if, I said, God, I want to retire at age 50, and I'm going to serve in the ministry full time. I said, right. I'm going to be 100% with you now, but I would love to do it for a living. So... Mm. Close to 51 was rolling around, and my dad called me on the phone. He says, hey, Mike, I know you're doing good at um, the company you're at. You're making really good money. And, and you know, he said, um, I thought you were going to retire at age 50 and, um, and start a ministry. I said, Dad, I am. He said, well, you're going to be 51 in December, and I ain't seen no change. <laughs> said, in fact, I heard you got a promotion, and you're making some more money and another offer. I said, I said yeah. I said, look, okay. I said, Dad, my dad's brutal, more brutal than what I'm telling you. So I said, Dad, I'm going to retire. So he's like, when? (laughs) So so what I did was, um, it's crazy. I was sitting in Virginia. And I was in front of my computer. And I wrote out the resignation. It's like a quarter to 12. And I was sitting here just looking at the button, looking at what my dad said. And he used to say, I hit the enter button to send the resignation off to a major corporation. And I left a lot of money on the table, which... That's what kept compelling me to stay was the money. Right. right. And um, <laughs> I, I went into the office. I grabbed everything out of my office and they wanted to do an exit interview. And I didn't give them the, the pleasure or grace of doing that. And um, I left. So fast forwarding, um, I moved to Carolina and I became part of a church called Elevation. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Yeah. Elevation Church. Right. Um watch Furtick's message online because I was trying to find a church in the Carolinas, um, was blown away. And I began, you know, going there. Then um, met my wife down here. Then I began serving there in the youth ministry. So I'm, I do marriage thing and I also do youth. And that's how I met the Thayer's son. 
Okay. We're in a group setting and I shared a lot more than what I share with you guys because I want to be careful what I share on social media with some of the people that people can identify what they did. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't want to share that information, right. but I shared a lot more with them about my circumstance, what I dealt with and how God took me out of that scenario. Cause like I said, man, it was, it's really hard when your environment all around you is, is that, and then you're living in it and then you're fighting off. You know what I'm saying? You went to prison. Uh, trust, trust me. <laughs> you know, and in prison, it's even more so because it's around you 24 seven. You really got to stand. You got to really bear your cross. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I had to bear mine on the outside. And a lot of it was my own infliction because I was hanging around the same people and putting myself in bad, myself in bad scenarios. Mm. Until God, you know, like I said, when God told me to stay away from everybody, I'm telling you, I cut everybody off. So that's <laughs> how I met him. All right. Man. So, uh, and now are you in full time uh, uh, ministry with, at the church or still in a volunteer capacity? Or All right. Or so, the way I volunteer, you would think I'm actually on staff. Right. <laughs> because I'm there Monday through Thursday. I was there Monday through Friday, but I stopped so I can spend more time with my wife on the weekends and so forth. Praise but, God. Very good. Yeah, Very good. Very good. So, yeah. So we saw so Monday through Thursday and I have the youth thing, which is during the week and I have the marriage thing. Okay. And I also do um, salvation with them on Sunday and I do follow ups, which I'm going to do tomorrow um, with people that get saved. So Elevation is a, is a mega church if people are familiar with it. And yeah. the amount of people that come in as far as follow ups, as far as the ministry, it's a, it's a lot of work. It's more work than what people truly understand people come from all over the world there mm. not to brag or boast of anything but the glory of god and how he's working through pastor furtick and the people there so i volunteer i can't take a staff position because i'm retired and the income that i make because i was an executive at at&t is pretty it's, it, it takes care of my family right, okay. and if i take a job they said i can't make more than thirteen thousand dollars a year or they'll take it from me <laughs> Uncle so, Sam will, will share in it with you. <laughs> but I will say this: I work harder at the church, more hours, and I don't. I didn't really think about it till like this week. Really thought about how much I work, and I don't. I'm so happy because I'm I'm doing what God. Like I was talking to you guys about understanding what your purpose is. I'm in my purpose. Right. Did you hear me? I'm in my purpose right. <laughs> so that means so i'm right purpose. where he wants me to be mm. his anointing is on my life mm-hmm. i have nothing to fear even when things don't look so good i know he's going to take care of me because i'm taking care of things of his house i'm ministering his word mm-hmm. i'm on this broadcast i'm so excited i'm ready to bite the back of my couch off right now yeah please out please out do you have a question, Steph? Yeah. yeah, I just wanted to say a little commentary about Elevation. So I I actually was not fond of Elevation Church a few years ago. And I think it's very easy to look and make observations about pastors. I know you are all in a pastoral capacity. Except, I mean, I've, I've volunteered at the church too and what should have been paying. But it's very easy to make a judgment of who you see on stage or make assumptions about things. And over the years, you know, God has a way of, of cutting things away and kind of pruning things. And, you know, in our move, we found ourselves not at a church home and through COVID with California. I mean, even though churches were open, they, they were not in the typical capacity. And um, I found myself 
seeing the pastor again on elevation. I was like, Oh no, no. And then he spoke and I went, huh, you know, and started getting into the word. And so it became our couch church for a long time. And one of my kids was very skeptical as well. And so, well, I don't know about this. And the thing I loved about the questions is any question they'd ask, I'd say, hold on, hold on. And I'd write it down. And then after church, we would sit and we would talk and we would open the Bible. And what do you think it says? And like, you have to have the answers. It's not just whoever's preaching on the pulpit. You've got to make sure that that is aligned with biblical truth. And, you know, God has a way of working things out and and making you um, correct your judgments of people. And (laughs) it's ironic because of our younger son, his best friend, their family moved from Bakersfield, California to work at or volunteer at Elevation, which is Tori. I think you know Tori, Michael. And they're just this phenomenal family. And so our boys have done virtual um, Bible studies. And what I love about Elevation is they want you, if you have a local church home, they want you in it. They do not want you to just be a part of them. You can go onto the e-groups and all of those things, but they think it is very, very important for you to be at a home church, which is so valuable. We know that you need to do life with people. But my favorite takeaway for our boys is they came home and that church camp, because we dropped off and picked up, up it is a melting pot. They had kids from South Africa and they were talking about just all these different international struggles, different community struggles. Hey, we go through this. These kids are going through that. They both came home. They have been in mostly the Bible app. They don't like the paper Bible like I do. <laughs> but they're like, paper? I know paper. But I like my real Bible, you know. But they are on fire for God. And a lot of it was because of this experience and having one child that's extremely extroverted and one that's extremely introverted, their idea of a good youth program is extremely different. So to have them both come home and be just so filled up and ask lots of good questions. And I'm really grateful for that. We need more people whether you happen to be up on the stage or you're behind the scenes that are living their life this way to infiltrate for others and not just our kids. It's for, you know, the average guy down the street. So that's my little advertisement. Quickly quickly add, you know, I I hope all you men, and I don't know if Pam starts too, but um, in ministry, see, see, you don't get to see the ripple of what you do. And so true is showing you the ripple that you caused. So one, and and I love what you said one time on the show. um, I hope when I die, I can see all the connections and ripples I created in my lifetime. You're so connected. This this was was because you touched that life. And you spoke God into them, right? So I think the other thing you said once is sometimes you may be the only Bible anybody will see. So, yeah. Nice I will say this, Mr. Thayer. I mean, especially Craig, Craig, you, your wife reaching out to me even about this show, I literally cried because you don't know who you're touching. You don't know if you're even reaching the kid and then they get feedback that you did. And I will say this to anyone in the ministry. The closer you get to the ministry, you're going to find things that you don't like. You're going to find things that don't line up with maybe your, even your belief or your your, your your system of integrity or character. What you got, what God taught me is to be comfortable in an uncomfortable situations. So now I just serve, and my attitude is no matter what the situation, God's going to get glory out of it. 
you can go into any church. And I'm telling you, as closer you get to the ministry, you're going to find things that are just a little weird or a little screwy. Yeah. And but God called you to be in those situations so that people can see him through you. And maybe you can, he can make a change in that, in that environment of mm-hmm. your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So back to what you were saying, Ron, I serve up there, man. And I won't let nobody serve harder than me. I won't <laughs> let nobody work harder than me. And it's not that I'm working out my salvation, not that I'm paying back what I did because his grace was sufficient. And he forgave right. me. Amen. It's just that I love this. Mm-hmm. It's real. This is who we are. My wife right here. This is real. Amen. Amen. And speaking of, speaking of your wife. Yeah, I was just going to say, Pam. There you go, Pam. Yeah. <laughs> Female represent. Come on. I'm always here by myself. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. All right, Mila. <laughs> so uh, how long you guys been married? Eight years. Eight years. Eight years. And you met at the church or someplace else? Someplace else. Someplace else. <laughs> 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 but here in uh, North Carolina. Say it again. Here in North Carolina. Okay. okay. All right. All right. All right. And uh, no. Okay. I won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> you said none your business, man. <laughs> no. Oh, no. We, we can. We can share. We can share offline. <laughs> uh, so, so both uh, both of you guys uh, involved in the church. Are you working while he's uh, at the church volunteering, or, or what? Uh, we volunteer. I volunteer okay. every Sunday, and then when I have time, I volunteer Thursday too. Okay, all right. All right. She's Praise with God. me. She's Praise with God. me. We're... Right. Wonderful Praise to be God. a team. Teams are together, huh, Ron? Isn't that great? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's... double the blessing, double the fun. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's better than double mint gum. Boy, am I showing my age? But anyway. <laughs> Hey Paul, oh. you got you got a thought on there? <laughs> He's writing notes over there. Come on, Paul. I know. He's our note taker. Come on, theologer. I've been theologuing on this a little bit. <laughs> and, um, I first of all, I'd just like to say, you know, thanks for sharing your story, Mike. Yes, it's uh, it, it, it it's always heartwarming to see and to hear how God has moved in somebody's life. You know. And and I think the thing that comes to my mind is how diverse the body of Christ is and how he's called people from every walk, every generation, every experience. Uh, just just amazing. Um, give you a quick story. When I was in seminary, I had a, a really good friend, uh, made good friends the first year we were there together. And uh, I invited him. I was I was an associate pastor at a church in Santa Rosa, California, Northern California. And I invited him to come and give his testimony to the church. And uh, he said things that I didn't know about him. I mean, it was pretty amazing. And uh, he started by saying, um, I've been married five times. And uh, and it just went it just went <laughs> from there. And then he talked about how he had been a drunk. And the, I mean, just just down the line. And I remember we got <laughs> we got back we got back to the seminary. We lived across the little quad from each other. And I, I was talking to him and I said and uh, his first name was Chet. He wouldn't mind me saying this. Uh, but I said, you know, Chet, it absolutely amazing. Uh your testimony that you gave and i said in a strange kind of way and i hope this makes sense as i say it i said in a strange kind of way chet um 
all the things you went through are so foreign to what my experience was. And uh, almost like you were so bad and God pulled you up so far and not in comparison, but if you get what I'm, what I'm trying to say, I mm. said, that was not my experience at all. His word to me, and he looked at me just straight ahead at me, and he said, you should thank God that God saved you from so many things that I had to go through to find him. And, uh, and as I, as I, as I progressed through that over the years, um, you know, I've never had a, I've never had the experience of serving in a church with problems. It was always rainbows and unicorns. I'm, that's a, you know, I mean, every church, every church has got its problems, right? And it's really been some challenges. And there have been times when, when I, I've never questioned the call. I've just questioned how I was living that call out. You know, I was thrilled to hear you say, Mike, that that, um, you know, when I, I took a note and you said that I, I'm happy in my purpose. What a great phrase. You know, I'm happy in my purpose. I, I'm not sure. Percentage wise, how many people tap into that right. understanding to be happy right. in their purpose, right. uh, because we play a comparison game oftentimes and it's not a comparison at all. You know, it's it's being obedient to the call that God puts in our lives and thank God for the ups and the downs and the bads and the goods and the things we go through and the things he saved us from. I mean, and 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 tank in reference to something you said, one of these days, should it be important um, to see those ripples of people's lives who were things? Thank God that I don't have to in his presence when this thing shows up. I don't have to look at the ripples of the problems I created along the way. You know, that that's all behind me. And uh, and just to celebrate the fact that we're together. What a joy. And uh, I just look forward to spending eternity with all you folks. It's going to be fun. You know what, Paul? Yeah. One of the most powerful things we can do. And, you know, sometimes us not knowing what we're doing is probably a good thing because our egos probably couldn't handle it. Right. All right. But one, one of the good things, most powerful thing you can do is look at God and just say, hey, have your way. Absolutely. Right. We'll be there. Yeah. And yeah. when we do yeah. that and we are sincere with that, then our lifestyle becomes a reflection of his will and not our own. Mm-hmm. Not about no title. I don't care about no title. I've right. had titles. I had titles. God can't do nothing with my titles. But I'll tell you what he can do. You know what he can do? He can use my life to be a ministry of his word. Absolutely. Yeah. There's an old saying. Yeah, there's an old saying, brother. Right what you said, Mike. I would want what God wants for me if I was smart enough to understand it. And mm-hmm. sometimes I don't. We're so busy, like you said, Ron, the other day. I, and I'm looking at Rhonda. I mean, Mike, excuse me. But Mike just said. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not saying anything, Ron. This is good. But, uh, you know, yeah, it's true. If I was smart enough, and I always think about Romans uh, 5, they're moving into the very presence of Almighty God with the grace that's sufficient to go by anything and realize I can't do anything to earn that. So why don't I just sit back and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Because whatever it is, that's the only thing that's going to bring the peace. I heard it in your voice this weekend, Mike. 
I was praying for you, and I, I think I mentioned to Steph. I, I was driving down the road. She should have seen me, Steph. I'm texting. I got a pen in my mouth, and I'm driving about 75 of my sisters. Oh, no. What are you doing? I'm saying nothing. I'm making a quick text. Lord, you got to do this. But then she wrote that, actually. But yeah. that she, they called and, and told me about you. I said, let's just let's not do what we're doing. Let's go this direction. I knew in my heart God wanted you here. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to say one thing and, and then and then give five minutes. We'll just take two here and uh Hey, ladies and gentlemen, you're seeing brothers and sisters in the Lord here that really follow what Christ has done. And uh, we all come together, like Paul said, my favorite saying is the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Mm-hmm. And that's all that matters. If we stand at the foot of the cross and look up, remember what God's done for us, uh, it just changes the entire perspective. So I'm going to kick this over. It does take a little bit to stay on the air. And folks, we have some financial needs and all we do is put it into it. So I'm going to ask Stephanie because she does it so well. She's going to say good. It's very easy to tap that button. It says what to do. It's very easy. You don't need to have a PayPal account. Somebody said, Stephanie, thanks so much. Tell them how how we do this. I feel like I get this job now because I have not been a formal pastor, which you're least (laughs) for money. So it takes money to run a radio show. And we love and appreciate any donation, small, big. It really doesn't matter. Uh, we have some really, really exciting guests coming up. I was kind of shocked when Pastor Joe was telling us what was in the work. So this is all a God Reverse thing, by the way. I'm not kidding you. So <laughs> if you would like to donate, also if you would like to watch recordings, uh, you can find them at bbsradio.com forward slash raising expectations. There's a little donate now button. I think it's upper right, super easy to do. And you can find all of our past recordings. You can find our bio, our links, all the things that we do. So we appreciate that because money does not grow on trees. Although if you can find that tree, let me know. I can do some good things with money. That's what it is. How was that, Pastor Joe? Stephanie, that was great. You're just the best. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Ed. And uh, and thanks for letting us have fudge. I can't get that out of my mind. It's getting closer to Christmas. Uh, Guys, we've got like five minutes. What would you like to to ask or share? Go ahead. Ron's got something on his mind, I can tell. No, I I I I won't. I, won't. <laughs> I just this clock is just disrespectful. As it's my well, if we can get the income to come up, we'll go to a two-hour program. Wow, we'll go All to right. we're working on that. So, I'll, one quick question. Uh, so, Michael, brother, where do you see the Lord taking you from here, or 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 does it matter? I would love to be able to number one join the broadcast and just just sit in. <laughs> I would love to do that. Um. I'm, I'm doing uh, marriage counseling right now for people. Um, I'm in the youth ministry, but I believe my calling is more about the family, marriages, and, and so forth. Um, the church I'm at, they, you know, I've been approached about leadership, and I've been praying about that because mm-hmm. I just really want to serve. And when, you have, when you're a leader, there's accountability and responsibility. God dealt with me on that. He's like, Michael, I didn't ask you what you wanted to do. I want you to do what I'm asking you to do. So, so I'm focused on that. So the, the scripture that I live by is Romans 12, 10, and it says, be devoted one another in love, honor one another above yourselves. So my next step to your answer your question, Ron, is wherever God places me, Amen. I'm going to do it at whatever level and expectation he has using my talents and gifts. And I want to give it my best, but it's definitely being in the ministry and, We'll see what that next chap- chapter is. All right. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. That's right. Got another I'm, minute. Somebody Mike, want to share? I'll be quick. I, I'm not a prophet. I don't have that gift. So 
but I do see, um, or wish, I suppose that's probably their term. You have a gift with young men, and we need to, and I need to as well, speak to young men to make them Christian men that value women, that are strong Christians, love family, etc. Absolutely. You and I need to pair up and do that. Okay. Amen. Amen. There you go. There you go. Paul, you got a final thought before I... Taking yeah, if you get right. <laughs> no, no, I, I'll, I'll hold it for another time. I, I'd, like to, I'd love to have you back. There's there's so much more to explore. Uh, and and I, I have some questions. Uh, for example, I have questions. We don't need to go into it now, but uh, Lompoc, the town in which I live, has, is, has a a growing homeless population uh you know how do, how do we reach the homeless what's the attitudes what's it like to live in a homeless encampment you know or to live in your car you know maybe you have some insight into that how we can minister you know either the outreach you know um those those kind of questions so maybe if we if we have the pleasure of having you back uh those are some things maybe we can explore because that that would be a, a Oh, and one other thing to explore if we have you back, how, how, how do you discern God's will for your life? Yeah, you know, how do you that's, that, that's, a, that's a longer answer than yes, it is. I would like to do. If, <laughs> if, to pastors, if pastors open to have me, I will open my schedule every Monday to come. I want to get ministered to. Amen. We'll I want to get ministered by and be sharpened by you guys because that's what's going to inspire me and help me grow. Amen. So it's not all about me. I need to learn. I need to grow. And I'm hungry, Ron. And I'm hungry, Paul. And I'm I'm hungry, um, Pastor. I'm I'm hungry, Thayers. So if 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 you're I'm honored being here today, but if if you open the door for me to come back, I'll answer those questions. uh, We'll have you back, Mike. Mike, you're a blessing. We are a blessing. Pamela, you're doing a good job on him. Just keep up the good work taking care of that man. (laughs) He's the good man, and and your daughter's a princess. So we'll have you back. You'll be thinking about the end of right after Thanksgiving. We're pretty booked, but we'll stay close because I know in my heart, so is everybody else, we'd love to have you back. And the Holy Spirit, plus your words, have convinced us that's something really special. So God bless you. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for watching your show raising expectations. It's about you. It's about what God can do in your life. And hey, remember this. The Bible tells us in Philippians 1, 7, be confident of this one thing. It keeps going through my mind. It's mm-hmm. to Michael. Be confident of this one thing that he who has begun a great work in you about him will continue it no matter what we see going on. If we'll tune in until he comes again for us. And when he comes, I can't wait to see the ripples in that pond, like Steph said, because I can't wait to see all the things that affect me and others through Christ. All right. God bless you. We love you all. We'll see you next week. Uh, Same time, same station. And Mike will be back with us. We'll be in touch with you. You pray for Mike, Pamela, and his precious daughter, too, and all she does. All right. God bless you. See you later. Thank you. you. Love you. Love all you. brother. All right. Friends. Thanks for joining us on this week's program of Raising Expectations. We profoundly hope you found it engaging and at times humorous, but most of all, uplifting, so that we may, with you, one topic at a time each week, become more encouraged to move forward to an exciting future in, as we always say, this thing called life in America today. So let not your hearts be troubled, your family, finances, faith, freedom, It can be a great future as we talk, 
listen, respect, and pull together. Please let me hear from you. You can reach me at 972-922-8556. That's 972-922-8556 or Joe Schofield on Facebook or LinkedIn. It'd be a pleasure to know you and we hope you'll listen in again next week on the BBS Radio Network.